Hey everyone, welcome to Bible and Breakfast. I'm really excited to be joined by our guest today, Leland Wetzel. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of Xylo Bats, and uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about his story, but really excited uh, to have him on. He's a man of faith and someone who I think you guys will, will learn a lot from just in a, uh, in a faith perspective, a business perspective, and just overall, uh, we'll have some good stuff to share. So Leland, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, if you wouldn't mind just starting out a little bit, maybe just talk about your faith, just kind of your story of faith, uh, how you grew up and, and what that means to you in your life. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up in Texas, uh, the Bible and church and Jesus gets talked about a lot. Uh, so I grew up, um, I would say I grew up somewhat in the church. Uh, I grew up playing baseball and we played a lot of games on Sundays. So, you know, there was, there's quite a few years where, you know, I was on the baseball field more than I was um, in church. But when I was nine, um, I was at vacation Bible school and uh, that's whenever I accepted Jesus into my heart and um, just kind of, I would say had, had a pretty surface level understanding of what that meant. But um, I remember that day clearly of just knowing that, I was a sinner and I needed a savior. And so, um, that's whenever I accepted Jesus, um, was whenever I was nine. And, um, the interesting thing is right after that, I grew, uh, seven inches in one year and all of my ligaments, you know, obviously got stretched out, which I didn't know at the time, but, um, that was, that was literally right after I, um, accepted Jesus. And so going into my sixth grade year, I started having, um, some shoulder issues and kind of just some joint issues altogether. And so in seventh grade, um, I ended up having to, I guess, summer of seventh grade year and all of eighth grade year, I had to sit out of sports. Um, and that's actually just a random side note. That's whenever I picked up the guitar, I didn't, I couldn't do anything else. So learn how to play the guitar. Uh, and the cool thing is that's, that's actually what really got me plugged into church um, is, playing guitar and, and joining the, the worship band. And so, you know, looking back, it's, you know, I, I, I can just see how God worked through um, those injuries uh, to bring me closer to him. And so, so yeah, so that, that, that's kind of what got me more involved in church. And then obviously growing up, going through high school, uh, my dream was always to go play college ball and, um, you know, just through injuries, literally through injuries, um, you know, God, God closed that door of me being able to go play college. I had two shoulder surgeries, one in high school and one my freshman year of college. And so, um, yeah, he kind of closed that door. But thankfully, thankfully, he put Zylo on my heart and um, it's allowed me to stay in the game. Yeah, I think it's so cool how God kind of does that. You know, you hear about, you know, you played through seventh grade, had the had the injuries, had sports taken away from you, wanted to play in college, had some injuries, had the sport taken away from you. But kind of through those adversities and through those trials, oftentimes that's when God opens the door for other passions in our life and, and just kind of shows us other desires that that he may want us to pursue. And, you know, if I have heart disease and that's kind of something that happened to me, too. I had basketball and sports taken away from me when I was a freshman in high school. and. Uh, you know, through that guy opened the door for me to coach basketball. And it's really neat just to hear your story of faith and how he uh, kind of took took a trial and took something that maybe at the time you saw as bad and he turned it into good. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, you, you started this this bat company. And for those of you who, you know, I said Zylo Bats, it's a, a wood baseball bat company that 
uh, he started down in Texas and uh, makes baseball bats and sells them. And it's a really cool business, something that I, I find really intriguing. But I know on your website, it says that it started with, um, I think it said, a passion and a prayer or yeah. something something like that. But yeah. can you talk a little bit just how how did this company, how did this idea come to fruition? And, and how was it through that prayer that God kind of put it on your heart that, hey, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to earn a living? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, it was uh, 2012, July of 2012, and I was watching a baseball game. This kind of goes before the prayer, but I was watching a baseball game and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to get my nephew. Uh, he was turning one in August. And so I honestly just heard the crack of a bat and just thought, man, that would be that would be a cool gift if I could turn him a wood bat. And uh, mind you, I had I literally had no idea what that even meant. Like I didn't know what a lathe was. Um, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what a billet was. Um, and so all I knew was that my grandpa did wood carving. So I called him and I said, Hey, do you, do you know anyone that, um, you know, does any wood turning that could help us? And he said, Oh yeah. He said, I got, I got the perfect guy. So um, he set that up. And I guess a week or two later, we went over to this guy's house and I actually got there before my grandpa did. So I sat in my car and was waiting for my grandpa and uh, honestly couldn't tell you why, but just felt like I needed to pray to the Lord. And so just started praying and asking him, uh, you know, if, if making wood bats was, you know, something that he would want me to um, use my time with, I just prayed that he would give me a passion for it. And so um, at that point, uh, I didn't have the idea of a business in mind at all. Um, but literally just, you know, if this is something that you want me to utilize uh, the time that obviously he gives us on this earth um, with making wood bats, then I just wanted to do it for the right reason. And so went in there made that first bat and uh, man, I just, I fell in love with the entire process. And so quickly bought another piece of wood went back over to that guy's house and I made a bat for myself that I actually hit with and so I don't know there's there's just something about whenever you make a product like a bat and then you actually hit with it um it's a little bit full circle and uh just really cool so um but I, even at that point uh, you know I, I honestly didn't even think about a business at all um you know we actually went almost two years, about a year and a half before I even opened Zylo. Um, but after me making that first bat, I made one other bat. My third bat ever was for a, uh, at the time I was working, um, up at a local church here, uh, in the youth ministry and, um, a little eighth grade guy that played baseball. Um, I said, Hey, you want me to make you a bat? And he said, yeah. And so, made him a bat and uh he texted me the day after he used it he's like man i hit three home runs with this bat um in batting practice and so i thought man that's cool so after yeah. that it just started you know just word of mouth him telling his friends me telling a few people um and then by the end of 2013 we were making making enough bats to where you know enough money was going in and out that you know i needed to look into starting a business yeah, that's really cool. You know, hearing hearing those stories of you know a kid calling you or texting you and saying he hit three home runs has to be really neat. Um, and obviously, as this business kind of took off, and and the more bats you made, the more that people heard about it. Um, you know, kind of caught some traction. And you know what? You know, talk a little bit about what it was like when you started making bats for some some professional baseball players. Because I know you know you had talked about 
seeing them on TV, seeing your bat on TV or seeing, you know, a certain name on the bat. Can you talk a little bit about that and just kind of what that did for your business and what that feeling was like seeing that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, I, we got married, me and my wife did in 2013. And so, you know, the idea of a full-time bat business was definitely on the back burner. It was just more something that I love to do and, you know, had some, some, a little bit of a part-time gig with it. But, um, in 2016, um, yeah, it had been in 2016. Um, I just gotten a new job. Um, and you know, it was a really good paying job. Um, it was at the local hospital here. Uh, and we, we also had our, our first kid uh, in May of 2016. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, it put, you know, the bat stuff even more on the back burner. Um, but in October of 2016, some of our best friends that we met, um, they're military, uh, and they were here, um, training. They, they didn't know I made wood bats. They came over to our house. Uh, I had, I think 76 wood bats hanging in our garage <laughs> that were, that were drying. And they're like, why, what in the world is this guy doing with all these bats? And so, uh, I say all of that because they ended up coming back two weeks later saying, Hey, so we have a connection with Joe Maurer, uh, who's the, he's the first baseman of, or at the time he was the first baseman of the Minnesota twins. Um, incredible hitter. Um, I think he's in the top 150, you know, best batting averages ever. Um, but anyways, they said we have a connection with them and we're actually going to see him at a, uh, my grandpa's birthday party in a few weeks. Do you want to make him a bat and we'll give it to him? And I said, Oh yeah, I'd, you know, I'd love to. And so made the bat, uh, wrote Joe a note just saying, Hey, you know, would love feedback if, if you have time to use it and you know, what you love, what you don't love about it and everything like that. And so, um, they gave it to him at the beginning of November, um, of 2016. And then, you know, obviously he said, thanks for the bat. That was about it. Um, and so, in January of 2017, I actually started praying about closing Zylo. Uh, honestly, just because I had the full-time job that was, you know, paid really well, had great benefits. And then, you know, obviously a wife and a kid that I was supporting. And, you know, there's just a lot of factors that went into it. Um, but uh, just started praying about it and prayed for about two weeks. Um, you know, just seeing if I felt like the Lord wanted me to close the business uh, and another important part of that time was, um, you know, I, I really hadn't been pushing sales for one and I don't think I'd had a, ba- a bat sell in two months. So it wasn't like I was, you know, pushing out 50 bats a month or anything like that either. Uh, but about two weeks went by and me and my wife were walking down the street and I said, Rachel, I don't know why I, I literally don't have, there's no pros here of why I feel like I'm supposed to leave the business open, but I feel like the Lord's calling us to leave it open. And so, she said, okay. And, um, that's what we did. And so that was January of 2017. Well, March of 2017, two months later, my friend texted me and said, man, you're never going to believe this, but Joe reached out. He loved the bats and he wants to talk about getting more for the season. And so, you know, we went from, you know, I think we did two bats in February of 2017 to, you know, making a few bats for Joe, uh, that March. And so, um, that was a huge deal. Uh, we, we went, we went from making a couple of bats a month, uh, giving those bats to Joe in April. And then all of a sudden we were making, you know, pretty much an average of 40 to 50 bats a month right after that. And what was that like? Obviously the, 
you know, you start making these a ton of bats. You guys maybe didn't have a lot of people helping you. I know you still don't have a ton of people, but what was it like when, when these orders started coming in and you're just making a ton of bats for people? And how did you keep up with that? Did you have to get more equipment? Did you have to get a different personnel? Did you have to change your process? Uh, talk a little bit about what went into to that aspect of the business. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whenever, you know, the, the Joe thing happened, it was just me and it was me in a little bitty shed, uh, turning out bats. And so, you know, when we gave those bats to him, um, I think, I think two things happened in that, in that exchange. One, you know, I kind of went into it knowing that Joe was going to be, be nice about, uh, the bats and say, thank you. They look awesome. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything like that. But, uh, the day we gave them to him was actually down at the ballpark in Arlington, the Rangers ballpark. Uh, and he took BP with him. Um, and the cool thing about that day was all of the other players that came up and talked to us about them wanting bats. So, um, this is a little bit of a side note, but you have to be MLB approved for them to use your bats in a game. So I, I actually had to tell like Tory Hunter came up to us. Um, he wanted to get some bats for his son, uh, who was in minor league at the time. And I had to tell him you can, but he can't use them. You know, Byron Buxton came up center fielder, you know, same thing, you know, be happy to make you some bats, but you can't use them. So I'm telling you know, all these pro guys, Hey, sorry, you can't use our bats right now. Um, but the other big part that came out of that day was, you know, we obviously took pictures and posted it online. Um, and that's, that is whenever it really started taking off, like you were saying. So, you know, going from April to making a few bats to May, we got, I think if I remember right, it was 43 orders. Dude, it was very, very, um, I don't know if overwhelming is the right word, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of late nights, you know, working until 2 a.m. and getting up at 4 a.m., you know, turning bats out until 7 a.m. and then getting ready and going to work all day. Um, so the biggest thing that that I did, uh, which I guess it would have been, you know, June, right at the beginning of June that year, um, is I brought my brother-in-law on board uh, and he began, you know, working through the process and, and helping me make bats too. So I definitely adding, you know, obviously adding him helped, but then, you know, we really started look, having to look at like, you know, the process, what's the best practices, how do we, how do we increase our timing uh, or, you know, increase our speed, but don't um, decrease the quality. You know, that's the big thing for us is we never want to decrease the quality of our bat. So, um, you know, it just was looking at all that. And honestly, for me, I love that part of the business. Like I'm constantly looking and trying to figure out, you know, how do we make, how do we make our process better to produce more, but to not um, lose any of the quality that we have. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest thing about, you know, small businesses and small business owners is just having to figure things out. You know, you don't have a process that's already in place. You don't have a lot of people who have maybe done what you've done and yeah. just being able to, you know, I think that's, that's part of the fun, right? Like you said, is, is just figuring things out and finding a solution to the problem that you have at hand. And that's really neat to, to just hear the, the story of your growth and how, you know, you went from making one bat in a shed for your nephew and now, you know, see where it's taking you and how the process has changed and how the, you know, the, the quality of the bats has stayed the same. So, but one of the coolest things that, you know, I've, you know, I think maybe for your company, one of the neatest that I've seen is this, this deal you worked out last year with the Miracle League. Yeah. And would you mind just telling us a little bit what the Miracle League is, uh, maybe how that deal came to be a part and kind of what you guys do uh, 
with that with that partnership with the Miracle League? Yeah. So, man, uh, Miracle League is my favorite thing that that we do for one. Um, but for people that don't know, uh, the Miracle League is um, it's a league for people, a baseball league for people with disabilities. Uh, and so they have, you know, they have a national office, but, you know, whenever one's set in place, it's, you know, for that local area. Uh, and so they have, I think right at about 190 leagues across the nation that is up and running. And then they have about a, another 130, 140 that are uh, beginning the process of getting leagues up and running. So we got introduced to it. We have a local one that I've done some stuff with in the past, but we got really introduced to it in 2019. Uh, every year they do uh, what they call an all-star weekend. And so every league has the opportunity to send one or two representatives of that league to play in this all-star weekend. And it's, it's held at a different miracle league every year uh, this year, actually in two, I guess, two or three weeks, it's going to be in Houston. Um, but in 2019, it was in Sioux city, Iowa. Um, and a guy by the name of Kevin runs it. And he called me, um, you, you know, the event was in September. He called me January of that year. Uh, and he was like, Hey, so this is kind of random. Just found you on social media. Um, kind of let me know what he was doing. A, a big thing that Miracle Leagues have to do is they have to raise all the money that they use. Um, you know, so they have to do a lot of fundraisers. Uh, and so Kevin was like, I have this crazy idea. Um, you know, I want to, I want to get a bat that's representative of every player that's going to be here. And then people can buy the bats um, for, you know, a certain amount of money and um, they can kind of be the, it's kind of like they're sponsoring that, that kid, but you know, in the, at the same time, they're getting a cool bat that goes with it. So he ended up selling, I think 260 bats within that fundraiser. Um, and it ended up allowing them to have the money they needed to, you know, pay for all the hotel costs, uh, a lot of the food costs. And so it was a, a big chunk of that weekend came from this, which, you know, me and Kevin obviously didn't, we had no idea how it was going to work, but ended up working great. So the other thing that he did was he made mini bats with each player's name uh, on them. And so we went to the uh, all-star weekend that, uh, that weekend, me and my dad, um, and, you know, got to meet all the players and, you know, just from the start, you know, I just was blown away at uh, the excitement of these players. You know, I think, I think a lot of baseball players just forget to have fun sometimes, uh, probably a lot of athletes in general. And man, th I mean, that's all these, all these guys are doing. Um, guys and girls are just having a blast playing um, the great game of baseball. So uh, seeing that and then two, just seeing uh, the joy on their faces whenever they receive their mini bats, you know, that were personalized to them. Uh, so yeah, so after that weekend, me and my me and my dad are driving home, and I looked at him and I was like, Dad, I, I don't know what it looks like, but I know that I need to be involved at some level with the Miracle League. So that's kind of how it, you know, just sparked the idea of like, could we do something nationally? Um, and then over the next few months, we continued talking to the national office, and uh, finally, I guess it would have been in February of of twenty twenty, we became the official bat of the national miracle league. Um, and we do. So for, for the players, you know, most of them, I say most of them, a lot of them, uh, can't swing a wood bat. Now, obviously wood bats heavier. Uh, so some of them have to swing plastic bats or something like that. So, you know, we, we did not go into it thinking like, let's get all these players to swing Zylo bats. You know, um, I think where we realized we could really help was, 
partnering with leagues uh, to to build fundraising programs to help them support their league. And so we're really, really heavy on the fundraising side of things. Um, the thing that I love is that each Miracle League is so different. Uh, so, you know, where that fundraiser worked with Kevin and might not work, you know, with the Houston one or with our local one, something else, you know, may work better for them. So it kind of keeps all my creative mind churning all the time of like, you know, how can we, um, how can we help this, this Miracle League specifically do what they want to do at the best of their ability. So um, I don't know. I, I love it. We, we just, I guess about a month ago, we shipped all the bats to Houston uh, to do the same fundraiser they did uh, that Kevin did. And so I'm, I'm really, really excited to go down there in a few weeks and, and be a part of it. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool thing. And, you know, we've done some stuff with the special Olympics before and just being, like you said, man, seeing, seeing those kids have fun. It's just, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it's a good time. And just being yeah. able to, you know, to use your, you know, your passion making baseball bats in order to impact kids and you get these things personalized. And, the, you know, I, I can imagine how special that is, not only for the kid, but for their family as well. So I think that's a really neat thing that you guys are doing with Miracle League. Um, and it's so cool to see, you know, how God brings these opportunities right before us, you know, mm-hmm. to to make an impact for the gospel. And so I'm really uh, excited to see how that that takes off with you guys. Is there anywhere where people can go to help support? You know, I know you talked about fundraising. Is there anywhere that people can, you know, donate to the Miracle League or that they can go to to help Zylo with this process? Yeah. So I think. You know, what, what I've realized with working with Miracle Leagues across the nation is just creating an awareness that there's a Miracle League in people's areas. And so, you know, there's I would say most people I talk to have one, haven't heard of Miracle League. And two, if they have, they don't know where one is you know close to them. Uh, and with I mean, with almost 200 that that's open and running, um, there's more than likely one that's going to be fairly close to, you know, wherever you're at. And so you know, really the first thing that I would do is just go to um, the Miracle League's website, which I believe is just miracleleague.com. Um, and you can search Miracle Leagues uh, that are near you. And so that'd be the first thing is just searching it, seeing if there's one near you and catching a game. Because uh, I have a friend in um, that's in Arizona. Same thing. Never heard of the Miracle League. Um and so I told him about it and he was like, man, I really want to take my son to go watch one of these games. Cause they have a, a miracle league in Phoenix. And so he went, uh, experienced it. And he messaged me. He was like, dude, I'm all in. Uh, he's now on the board of that miracle league. Uh, and, and, and that's what it does to you, man. It just, it makes you want to be a part. Um, but it's just all about being aware of it first. And then, you know, from that point on, um, the best thing that people can do is getting, getting plugged into their local miracle league and helping with fundraisers. And, um, you know, every, every game they'll have, um, it's, it's really held on a buddy system. So, you know, they'll bring in local high school teams, uh, to be, you know, each, each player gets a buddy, you help them run the bases and you do stuff like that. So not only is it, you know, cool for some individual people, but, you know, if high school baseball coaches wanted to be a part of it too, uh, I remember we did that, uh, my senior year, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So a lot of ways to get involved. But, um, yeah, I think the first step is just seeing, you know, what, seeing what's close to you and, and, and taking part in it. Definitely. And I, I know I'm definitely going to look that up and kind of see what's what's around here and see if there's anything we can do. Um, and I would encourage anyone listening to, to do the same. 
Um, obviously, you know, Leland, thank you so much for taking time. Um, you know, can you just tell people where to find you guys, where they can, where they could get a Zylo bat? I know, you know, Christmas is coming up and obviously yeah. uh, I'm sure there's a lot of birthdays coming up for people, but where can people find you on social media and they uh, purchase a Zylo bat? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as social media goes, um, we're, we're most active on Instagram and TikTok, and it's just Xylobats, X-Y-L-O-B-A-T-S. Uh, so we'd be happy for, for y'all to follow us there. But then uh, if you want to put in a custom order or a stock bat order, uh, you can head to our website, which is Xylobats.com, X-Y-L-O-B-A-T-S.com. Um, our, our, just kind of a side note, our custom bat turnaround is three weeks. And so like you were talking about Christmas and whatnot, um, anyone that's interested, it's a great Christmas gift, uh, but just want to encourage you to put your order in soon. <laughs> so that way it'll be there, you know, by Christmas. But um, yeah, we, we, we love to make wood bats for our customers. And so hope to hope to get some more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate yeah. you uh, hopping on with us and uh, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you.